There is a saying among dog trainers, people who practice opera conditioning with dogs, and that is, to a dog, one time is all the time. They do it once, they do it forever. It's amazing how that applies to um, humans, maybe you and you and you, we'll talk about that today, and how you can use that idea, well, to, to get things done. It is the Daily Boost from MotivationToMove.com. So many downloads in the tens of millions at this point. 15 years, nearly 4,000 episodes, simple mission. You got to figure out what works, got to do it every single day, and keep doing it until we get what we want. That's all there is to it. You have dreams, desires, ambitions, things you want to do. Sometimes you want to smooth life out and be happy. Some people want to retire. Some people don't want to retire. Some want to get a better job. Some want to lose weight, whatever it is, whatever you want to do. It takes a little bit of focus every single day to do that. And that's what we do right here. And I'm glad you're here to get it done today. It's me, Scott Smith. Good to have you here today. Thank you for stopping by. So let me ask you a question. Have you been thinking about leveraging your your lifetime of experience and getting rewarded for that? Using your expertise in the online environment, maybe as a consultant, maybe as a coach, maybe as a speaker. Heck, I've got an engineer who does it in my group. The group is called Wisdom to Wealthy, and I put this together. It's in our fourth year now. This is not a group of thousands of people. Usually it only has 20 or 25 folks in it. We get together every single week. We work out your business model. We work out all the steps in between, and together we help you get there. Plus, you have access to me, too. It's a great program. Go to MotivationToMove.com and check out Wisdom to Wealthy. It may be a perfect fit for you. Every Friday, you know the question I ask. And if you don't know it, where you been? You haven't been listening, have you? I think it's important you check in with yourself and ask, how do I want to feel? Because we're so busy, busy with work, busy with kids, busy with COVID, busy with everything these days, busy with stress the past year. Get so busy, sometimes you forget to check in with yourself and, and get, get centered. And that's all I'm asking you to do today. Asking that question, how do I want to feel? Now, it could be emotional. It could be intellectual. It could be anything, really. But I want you to check in because when you take the time to check in, your subconscious mind is listening. And because your subconscious mind has, has your highest and best on its, on its radar, it wants you to do good. It wants you to succeed. It wants you to be happy. So when you say, how do I want to feel? And you say, I want to feel great. It believes you and it helps you do that. Take a few minutes today, right now, And ask the question, how do I want to feel? And then be honest, because some of you guys are grumpy. And you're going to go, that's how I want to feel. Don't do that. Just be honest. You want to feel great, right? So ask that question. And if you really want the super duper advanced version, it's very easy, even though it's advanced, really advanced. Ask, hmm, how do they want to feel? And see if you can make it happen for somebody else. Whoa. So Hollywood. It's where they make the movies, right? Where they make all the TV shows and they have animals out there because I've seen a lot of movies with animals in it. So I, I think Hollywood dogs have things right. I really do. Why? How do they get those animals to do those special things? So there's a saying among dog trainers that for a dog, one time is all the time. Whether it's a good behavior or a bad behavior, doesn't matter. Once a dog learns that behavior or <laughs> unlearns it, what they can get away with, they're going to do it forever. That's just how dogs think. I don't know about you, but I have found humans to be kind of the same way. Once they learn a behavior or a bad behavior, it kind of continues, doesn't it? Now, we can use that to do well in our life or we can do it to ruin our life, depending on what your focus is. I prefer to be the first one. 
So a couple of weeks ago, I visited a friend uh, here. She lives in Orlando. I'm out toward New Smyrna Beach on the coast here. And I, I visited over there, had to go chat with her a couple of hours about a few things. And she just happens to be a superstar. She's famous. Now, you wouldn't know her. She's behind the scenes famous. When the credits roll on the movies or the television show, she's down there and her name's there. And she, and she works on huge movies, big ones. She's the kind that gets hired and goes off for a year to work on films. And then comes home and says, okay, i got to clean my house. So I visited over there. And uh, while I walked in the door, she introduced me to a dog I had not met before. Now, I knew the dog lived there, but I hadn't met the dog before. I hadn't been over there when, when he was around. But I recognized his eyes immediately. They were so expressive. They looked right through me. And I knew it because I'd seen it a thousand times. I'd never met the dog, but I'd seen this dog on TV. That I do. It was Duke. You know, the golden retriever from the Duke's, uh, the Bush Beans commercials. Where he speaks. He didn't speak to me. He just looked at me that time. But, oh, he's such a cute dog. So well-behaved. So well-trained. I was chatting with my friend about that. She said, here, take a picture. So I was going to take a picture. And she goes to the refrigerator and pulls out a piece of chicken. And Duke locks on. And she literally, just with her voice, was able to tell him exactly what to do. He just got, he's a perfect picture. He just framed it up just perfectly. It was great. It's fun. So my friend is pretty upbeat, pretty positive. Positive animal training, that's how you do it. Create behaviors, reward the behavior. It works for kids too, by the way. Nothing negative, just positive. Reward the behavior. Say, hey, good job, do it again. It works really well for training performance animals to shine on a set when the stress is big time. So while we're chatting, Duke is really interactive. He was very well behaved. He's kind of having fun. He's, he's looking for more chicken, being a dog, right? But I had to ask, I said, how do you train this guy? Because he's really a good actor. How do you train him to be the actor that he is? So asking a trainer how you do something is, is like, uh, it's pretty much, yeah, it's, it's like a really good drug for them. They start going. They want to tell you how they got it to happen. So her answer to me, though, sounded a lot like a lesson in potential, uh, human potential training. So when a client hires me, she said, the very first question I ask is, what do you want the dog to do? What's that dog supposed to do? Because like anything else in life, whether it's a dog or it's a human, it doesn't really matter. If, if you don't understand what you're supposed to do, you can't do it. And certainly, if you're trying to train a dog, if, the, if you don't understand how to communicate, the dog's not going to understand it, is it? So, first question, what's that dog supposed to do? Should be in the script somewhere. But we don't have a life script, do we? So, the next thing she said is I figure out all the actions, the behaviors, and the skills needed to break it down into small chunks. Now, you have to really kind of get in the, in the mindset of a dog. The dog doesn't know. If you say, dog, go up those steps and then take a right and go down the hall and take a left, the dog doesn't know to do that. The dog doesn't understand go up the steps, doesn't understand left, right, all that stuff. The dog just understands what behavior you've taught the dog to do. So it's that simplistic. And I know in humans, over time, if I want a human to do something, it really pays off when I specifically tell them or you exactly what to do, period. So you break down the actions, the behaviors, the skills needed into very small chunks, and then you practice each of those chunks in very, very small chunks until you or the dog understands exactly how to perform each and every little itty-bitty step to the point that it's automatic, to the point that it just happens. And we call it proofing. Whether it's a human or a dog, we call it proofing. We check to see if the behavior has stuck. Once that behavior is stuck, you move into the next level, which is connecting those steps. Think of it as a chain of behaviors. And you chain them one by one until the dog completes the sequence that you put together. In other words, the outcome. When you ask the question, what that's that dog supposed to do? 
when you get to that point and you say, hmm, I have created all these little itty bitty steps. I have now strung it together into a chain of behaviors. And look, we have achieved our result. Cut. We've got our film. Once it happens, you do the next thing. You reinforce the training. So a lot of times people get me on the phone. They'll say, Scott, you know, my, I, I got some bad habits here. I said, well, how'd you get the bad habits? I don't know. I used to be so good. I had everything perfect. I had my schedule. I had my time management. I was just really, really good. And something happened. I said, well, well, did you get off track? Did you, did you stop doing some of the things you were doing? Oh yeah, I've been sleeping in a little bit. And I'm just, I, I haven't been doing my planning weekly. Like you say to on a Thursday afternoon for the next week. I haven't been doing that. Well, there you go. You didn't reinforce your training, did you? Same thing happens with a dog. If you don't reinforce the training, it will slip. And you want the same performance if it's a dog or for you, if you want to perform at your highest potential. You want to be able to do it on command and on demand. And that means with all this practice, knowing what you're supposed to do, understanding the little chunks along the way, and then understanding exactly how you string them together in a chain of behaviors, you want to continue to practice. Remember, practice is one of those interesting things. A lot of people say practice makes permanent, right? Or per oh, actually, what they say is practice makes uh, uh, perfect. It's not true. Practice makes permanent. Same thing for a dog, same thing for you. Connect everything together, and you eventually get consistent performance. So I suppose it can be said after all of this talk on this podcast, people thinking, what's he talking about a dog for? I suppose I can say that you can achieve any significant goal that you have in your mind the same way. Just ask yourself, what's that dog supposed to do? They get busy practicing the pieces until you get what you want. And yes, I believe I just called you a dog. Dog. Duke is such a cool dog. In all the years I have been doing this, stability is the key. Once you figure out the things that you want to figure out to do, and once you get a little bit of a plan, a roadmap that's working for you, you get success, you get those little things that work, you lock them down, you keep doing them, and you get a stable foundation, and you build upon that foundation over time, because life is going to change and give you more challenges. So every single time it changes, what's that dog supposed to do? Break it down, practice the elements, chain it together, practice it as one, boom, reinforce it forever. Until you're done with the behavior. And after that, you just retrain it into something else. That's fine. Hey, listen. Good spending time with you this week. Been a lot of fun. Thanks for all the great emails. I'll see you Monday, right here on The Daily Boost.